top with the bum bottom. There's something about him, the beauty, that's why I got him. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Random Fit. My name is Wendy Batts, and I'm here with one of my favorite people, Mr. Ken Miller. How are you doing today? I am good, Wendy. How are you? I am fantastic. And again, I know I say this, it seems like every week, but I am extremely excited about this week's topic because we are talking about shoes. <laughs> So I, I love how we always talk about topics you're extremely excited about. I know, but this one is pretty much on 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 top because as a female, I will honestly say that I love shoes, especially shoes that you wear running, walking in the gym, you know, just casual quote tennis shoes that you wear virtually. Mm -hmm. um, you know, anywhere you well, for me, that's like my daily attire. I don't wear high heel shoes. I, I very seldomly dress up anymore. So, um, you know, I have to have different shoes for different outfits. And and you know what? There's so much you. more to that. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you on that one. I, I like shoes, too. I just I just don't like paying for them. Uh, you know, yeah. It gets uh, it gets pretty expensive, expensive sometimes. It does. It, and now, you know, of course, now my, my kid is starting to uh, pick oh, up the yeah. habit like, oh, I need to have yeah. those, you know, because it's got this color in it and that color in it. But yeah. uh, I mean, the purpose of, of us meeting today and talking about this is I know Ken gets this question a lot. I do as well from mm -hmm. a lot of my clients like, Wendy, I really need to get a new pair of shoes and I'm not sure which ones are going to be best for me. So what do you think? And there is so much more to that answer than I can possibly give because right. as we're going to talk about throughout the this podcast, you guys are going to see that there are a lot of things to consider. You know, we're going to talk, you know, like even just what you call it, because I grew up, everything was a tennis shoe. Like, oh, we need to mm -hmm. go buy you some new tennis shoes. But right. I wasn't playing tennis. <laughs> and then, you know, in different parts of the country, they call them sneakers. And some, I mean, I've heard all different. I don't, what do you call them, Ken? I, I, <laughs> Uh, training shoes, you know, just training shoes because, um, you know, one of the things that they also get confused with is running shoes, right? Mm -hmm. I got my running shoes or I got like, like what you were just saying right there, Wendy, is tennis shoes. And um, I haven't picked up a tennis racket in five years. So um, that's what, uh, that's what it'll be called. Tennis shoes, sneakers, same thing. You know, what, what you guys call it on the East coast is kind of what we call it on the West coast too. But uh yeah, it, it is one of those things where, and like you said, you know, we get asked this question by our clients a lot, you know, what's what's the best shoe? What What is it that I should be wearing right now? Because I have one client that comes to mind and uh, he he came in for his first training session and he had the same shoes he's had for the last 10 years, right? Yes. And granted, it's it's been walking, um, you know, just walking around the house, playing with his kids. But it's the same. He's had the same pair of shoes for ten years. It's it's his it's his favorite shoe. But when you look at it, you know the, the heels all bombed out, and uh, <laughs> he's got definite wear patterns on them. And I'm like, uh, hey, dude, Brian, we we need to change this up because these shoes are not going to be good for you. Um, you know, when it comes to the different things that we're that we're doing. And then his next question: Well, which what should I get? You know, mm -hmm. so it's hard telling some clients to just go, oh, you got to shop around, you know, you got, you can go to a local running, a running store where they might watch your gate and look at, you know, different things that, um, you know, might different types of shoes that might complement your, your particular feet and your, you know, your, your foot structure and, and what it is that you want to do or what you're going to be trying to do when it comes to your workouts. But, uh, 
that question happens a lot and and um you know trying to match who the person is with the activities that they're gonna do is that's a that's a puzzle in and of itself I mean, I have the same experience. I had a, you know, a, a lady that recently just started with me and it was the same thing. You know, she was, you know, she had come in and her shoes looked new um, from the top because right. she keeps them extremely clean. And mm-hmm. she's like, oh, I just wear these really around the house or, you know, like I'll go maybe for a walk and stuff. Like I don't really wear them all the time. However, right. I've had these shoes for the same thing. Like she said eight mm-hmm. years and I'm like, oh, so I turned them over. And like you said, the, the tread was worn out in certain places. Yep. Um, as, as a trainer, I found it somewhat helpful, though, because I could also see because of her foot pattern on her shoes, like yeah. basically how her foot strike would be which allowed me to also kind of put my assessment results in to even more of a clearer picture by just looking at the bottom of her sh- bottom of her shoes. And so, right. I mean, it can be very beneficial for a trainer to see that. However, as soon as I said, well, we're going to have to get you some new shoes, you know, this is what we're kind of looking for. And she asked me about my shoes and I'm like, oh no, like I don't work out in these. I just wear these to work. And she's mm-hmm. like, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, and you know, I tell her, I'm like, I've got certain shoes that I run outside in. I have certain right. shoes I run on my treadmill in. I have certain shoes when I'm doing leg day. I have certain shoes. Well, I have multiple shoes for leg day too because that matches whatever I'm wearing to the gym. Because fashion is super important, as we <laughs> talked about in another podcast. Yeah. And then, and then you know, there's shoes that I wear out. You know, to you know my kids' t-ball games or you know just out and about if I'm going to be walking or doing things on my own. That I don't I don't wear those into the gym, and so. It was kind of fascinating to her to realize that like I have a bunch of shoes for different purposes and they all serve like a different purpose in my life. And so as soon as I told her that, she's like, fantastic. Can I get you to write this down? So my husband understands when I go shoe shopping what I'm doing. <laughs> so it can be a good, right. a good thing or a bad thing, depending on, eh, you know, how much trouble you may get your client in if you tell them about your shoe situation. <laughs> I'm going to call it a situation. <laughs> well, sharing is caring, Wendy. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. But can, you know, like when you think about it, I mean, like, 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 let's talk about like shoes in, in the different types of shoes. We got to think about the material yeah. because the material is going to play, you know, that's going to tell you a lot. I mean, we're going to get into a little bit about the sole and the differences between, you know, training shoes and running shoes and walking shoes and some of the different brands. Um, so we are going to kind of talk about that, but you know, mm-hmm. just first and foremost, if you have a shoe and it's all leather, it's going to be hotter. You know, it's not going to be the, you know, it's not going to breathe as well as if you have mesh and then, but it's going to be more supportive than if you have a a more of a mesh type shoe. So, you know, that's one thing to think about. And then you also need to think, you know, specifically like I do play tennis and there are certain shoes you're allowed to wear on the tennis court. Or if you play basketball, there's typical shoes that you play in, you know, you play your sports in, especially court sports. So there are, you know, certain things you need to think about, like, where are you going to use them and what's the purpose? And then again, too, you know, you've got some socks that have liners in them and, you know, you've even got your track Mm -hmm. shoes where you don't wear socks. So there are, you know, multiple things to consider just when you're thinking about, you know, just some of the basics, like what, what, what kind of material do you want? How light do you mm-hmm. want them to be? I've got some shoes that it seems like it weight they weight like air. They're nothing. And then I've got other yeah. ones where I'm like, man, these are super cute, but they're so heavy. <laughs> Again, yeah, it's all the, about how you look. <laughs> it is about how you look, but you can you can change how you feel. So one of the things that I've noticed in the last um, eight pairs of shoes because I do wear um, inserts now, um, just because of you know 
you know, the occasional run. And when I run, it's, it's nothing big, you know, two, two, three miles, uh, you know, at a time. But I, I, I do have these, these inserts that I've, I've been using and they've made a difference. But I've noticed that in the last, you know, five pairs of shoes of so that I can take out that, um, that, uh, that footbed and it comes out, you know, before you still have to like, kind of just really just kind of really pull hard on it and, you know, kind of scrape it out. But, uh, they come out really easy now and you can mm -hmm. just put in your own inserts. So, you know, um, that's, that's, that's one feature of the shoe that I've, that I've noticed over the last, you know, more than a few years now, oh, well, over eight years now that, um, you know, you can, you can accommodate the shoe to, you know, to how you are, you know, if you have, if you do have, um, an insert that, that you like, you know, this is about shoes overall, but you know, you can, you can personalize it if you will, with a, a firmer or soft, something with more arch support with, with an insert of your choice. So when it comes to the characteristics of the shoes, yeah, um, that has been a, a big one um, that just passively I just noticed, but uh, the, the, um, the mesh top has been one of my favorites because, you know, if you're, like I said, if you're running or if you're, if you need to just get them to dry out faster, um, that's, that's been, that's been a, pretty popular feature in my house actually you know if i'm not wearing flip-flops that's <laughs> basically what i'm that's what i'm doing although flip-flops that's not a very good thing for your foot overall although coming from southern california it is i think when you're born they give you a pair of flip-flops when, when you're born in <laughs> when you leave the hospital right? when you leave right. the hospital you know the little beanie the little striped beanie or the one with the little footprints uh they give you a pair of flip-flops with that <laughs> Well, and I think you make a very valid point because, you know, when we think back in, in just kind of the last decade of shoes, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I remember, you know, when Nike came out to, with the Nike Air Shocks and they, you know, oh, looked yeah. like they had a spring in it. But when mm -hmm. you actually looked at the shoe and you, you kind of really looked at, you know, how it started up high because that's where the springs were. And then it kind of came yeah. down where the toe was. Mm -hmm. There was, you know, people were end up, you know, they were complaining oftentimes after wearing them over and over again for multiple reasons, yeah. not just working out, but for running because they were supposed to be more springer, springier. And it was going to be better when you, you know, on a hill strike, when you ran, yeah. it was going to, you know, allow you to have more ability to spring forward into your step. But there was more knee pain. There was more problems with people's feet. And, you know, when you actually started to look at it, it was like you had your client or client was wearing high heels. And so, you right. know, the functionality of, of that was actually harmful on a movement standpoint because of just the positioning that it puts you in. And most people are already overactive or tight in their calf complex. And the reason why I say that it can be it's not as beneficial as more of a flatter foot or more um, one that's more protective. It doesn't put you up in a heel like a, mm -hmm. an, where your heel is higher um, to a, to an extent. I mean, there is going to be differences in some of the shoes we talk about where a little slight elevation is different than a major elevation. Mm -hmm. But if you wear high heels all the time and then you put these shoes on, you know, or something yep. that elevates you higher and then you go and do things and you're in that position for multiple hours a day, it's going to continuously make those calves tighter because they're in a shortened position for longer hours. And so once you do take them off, when you get at home, you're going to notice that your feet are automatically going to what, what we have turned externally rotate, which just means turn your feet out. And that then can lead to issues in the knee or in the low back pain. And, and there's multiple compensations and multiple things that can occur just from having overactive calves. And so um, I was kind of glad when they kind of took them off the market. I mean, they still have the Nike airs, 
which are yeah. super cute too. However, you know, what, what's the purpose of, of you wearing them? Like I said, are you wearing them to be cute? Or are you wearing them for a specific reason? And you need to know what that reason is, especially if you're going to work with clients or if you're out personally buying your own shoes, you really need to know what is the, you know, are you mm -hmm. wearing these specifically to the gym? Do you need a good running shoe? Do you need a good walking shoe? Right. Um, and then like to you said, like you said, go to a place and have them evaluate your, your, your walking pattern or your gait and find the best shoe for you. Cause we come in all different sizes. I got a small slim foot and Ken, you were saying you had to wear wide shoes. So we're, we're completely yeah. different. <laughs> <laughs> a triple E, uh, which, oh, which I'll, wow. I'll, I'll share that with our audience. So it's, um, you know, and that, and that's, that's a really big, um, that's another big feature of, of a shoe that, um, you know, I was brought brought up to me by my physical therapist back in the day uh, is, you know, with my feet being as wide as they are, I had to go up a size, uh, one full size when it came to my my footwear, because my, you know, if I went with my size of foot, then my my toe box was just my my forefoot was really, really compressed. So I had to go a whole size up so I can get the width of, of um, shoe that I needed to accommodate, you know, the width of my foot. So that wound up being one of the deciding factors on why I, I wear a certain brand or a couple brands of shoes that, that do size for a wider foot or a brand that actually accommodates not just the length, but also the width of, of the foot. So it's, you know... Um, but fortunately, they do make cute shoes in those sizes as well for me. So I'll, <laughs> I'll say that. But um, uh, that, that, that's another feature that goes into, um, you know, when you're giving your client some guidance on, on what kind of shoes to wear. It's like, okay, well, does it accommodate the width of your foot? Because if you're like me, where I had to go up a whole size, now I've got a lot of space between my toe and the tip of the shoe right? So, and that, that will affect um, your running mechanics as well. So you think, you know, is it, you know, the firmness, the, the heel drop or the size of, of um, cushion that you have in your heel, but also how, how does it accommodate the width of your foot? Again, you, you can talk about orthopedic issues um, with the foot, like with, um, you know, bunions, because if you have too narrow of a shoe, now that's going to pull that big toe in and shorten and you're mentioning the the calf complex, the Achilles, and now you can talk about um, the muscles that pull that big toe in, which can actually mm -hmm. promote bunions just because of um, how your shoe fits, right? And that's not just that's not just a you know um, when when we're talking about high heeled shoes or like uh, business professional shoes that especially for females that tend to kind of narrow and point at at the top of the foot. So you have to take those same considerations when it comes to your um, your sneakers also. <laughs> so yeah. wait, let me get this straight. So you know, a, a small toe box that puts you in a point isn't good for your feet? Like that, I don't that's understand. Not, no, 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 Wendy. Yeah, the research supports that statement. Oh, uh, I'm okay. no podiatrist, but hey, that's 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 something you need to look at. Well, for those of you guys just joining us, uh, Ken Miller and Wendy Batts, um, we are here today. We're talking about the shoe game isn't the same. And so, I mean, now we've kind of talked a little bit about how much we love shoes and a little bit about some of the differences in the material, the brands, and some considerations mm -hmm. when you're just thinking about the shoe itself. Right. But let's actually get into some of the differences. So, 
you know, for example, running shoes, you know, so when you're thinking about running shoes, they are built more with like a, a toe to heel type, um, you know, type pattern to where the heel drop is going to be a little higher in comparison to a cross training shoe or, you know, technically a training shoe or, or, you know, it'll be different even in a walking shoe. And so because of how you strike the pavement or the treadmill or whatever it is, when you're doing your running mechanics, there's more support there to help, you know, your foot um, when you're actually going through that pattern, um, especially <laughs> with the ground that, that you mm -hmm. keep hitting. And so, you know, right. there are specific running shoes and that's the purpose of it. So when you're thinking about the heel drop, we're just talking about the extra support of where, where that support lies in the shoe in comparison to the entire bottom of the foot or the bottom of the shoe, I guess you should say. Yeah. So, um, but I mean, if you're talking about that, Ken, and, and somebody says, well, okay, what's the difference, you know, to you, like when, when they come, what's the difference between a training shoe and a running shoe? Like, I don't understand. So what, how would you answer that? Um, well, like what you're saying, you know, when you're running, you're, you're basically running in one direction. And that's if you're talking just like road running, mm -hmm. um, compared to even trail running, which will have a different, which will have a different, um, format on how it's built out because when you're trail running now you're running up you're running down you might have some incline decline or you might have to you know jump you know run over rocks roots uh stumps and things like that so even that will have not so much of a bias towards that heel drop that you mentioned but have more of a look of a, of a cross trainer so which brings us to the other point of, of an exerciser who's now coming into my facility. They're not necessarily just doing uh, running, running around the block for their warm up or, or what have you, but now they're going to be doing lateral motions. They're going to be turning. They might be pivoting. Um, they'll be stepping up, stepping down, but you'll have to have a shoe that, that isn't so biased towards a, a thicker cushion in the heel. Um, but something that's a little bit more, um, has a, a more maybe more of a broader base, evenly less of a heel, less of a heel drop to accommodate you going multiple directions without putting you at risk for things like ankle sprains. Which you know um, that's one of the harder things when you're when you are working with groups. Um, if you're if you're a personal trainer working with groups, in that I like to look at okay, did you bring your did you wear your running shoes today, or did you bring something that's that's designed for more multi directional um, cross training, if you will, when it comes to, you know, how am I, am I going to have you do, you know, cone drills, box drills, um, you know, things like speed ladders where your, your feet are going to have to not just go forward or, or just to the right, you might have to pivot and turn. So we want to make sure that your, your shoe does accommodate that. So if you're, if you're doing just general workouts in the gym, and while we're talking about the gym, you know, there are some specific shoes that you can wear also, like a weightlifting shoe, which is going to have a harder sole uh, and give you a little bit more stability. So if you're more of a power lifter and you're, and it's your, and you're doing more of a, let's say it's your squat day, um, that's when you're going to take out the uh, more of your, uh, your harder sold weightlifting shoes because it is giving you some solid support. So, and that you would wear on, you know, the days that you would be specifically on the platform and not necessarily running or jogging or, or doing anything agility wise. So these are the things that I, I kind of guide my, my clients on as far as educating them on the difference between, okay, if you're going to run straight ahead, or if you like, you know, um, hiking in the Oakland Hills or running in the Oakland Hills, then, you know, let's look at it one type of running shoe versus another type of running shoe. But if you want something that's going to be an all around, 
um, gym shoe. Um, let's let's kind of get away from the running shoe and have have you something a little bit more safer for multi-directional um, performance. Very well said. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you think about it, you know, training shoes are gonna they're gonna have a comfortable like upper and flexible midsole. So, like to use like mm -hmm. like to your point when you were talking about yeah. the multi-directional movement, that's the purpose mm -hmm. of that. And yeah. with it, the lower heel drop is gonna put you closer to the ground, so you will easily be able to push off and pivot. And you know, in all reality, you don't necessarily want that when you're running. However, I often get you know get this question: Well, you just told me to go buy a training shoe, but now you're asking at the end of the workout yeah. we're going to go and do some sprints or we're going to do sled pushes and stuff like that. Like, is this yeah. truly you know the best shoe for me? And the answer to that is yes. And so, based on mm -hmm. everything that I've seen and what I've read, anything that's shorter than a 5K, if you're in a you know in a training shoe, and and to your point, this isn't the same thing that you're doing every single day, um, or you would want to invest in an actual you know, running mm -hmm. shoe, then, then that's totally fine. And they have something called, you know, cross training shoes, which what that means is it just often, you know, it's the same thing. It's just offering more support throughout the entire, the entire shoe. So it's pretty, pretty much offering support from, from toe to heel. And so it's, right. there's not any, you know, differentiation between the heel and the toe. And, um, and it usually has a little bit of a wider toe box when you're thinking about a training shoe, which like to your point, you need that, you know, you want to have good, um, ability to open up your feet and, and use that. And, mm -hmm. and so, you know, I, I know we're going to kind of get into some of these injuries and everything, but I think it's also important to really talk about arch alignment. And so arch alignment is really important. And we're going to talk about some of the different shoes that don't offer that support. But when you are going into a gym or when you're running or when you're do doing any kind of activity, it's important to look at the arch of your foot. And if you have a high arch, then, you know, you want to take that into consideration. And a lot of people will tell me, well, I'm flat footed. And it's like, well, were you born that way? Because there are certain people that, you know, that are born with a flat foot. And then there's right. other people that over time have lost the arch of their foot. And that's mainly because those muscles have weakened, causing what they call pronation, which just means causing your arches to fall towards the ground. And yeah. so one way to work on strengthening your foot, strengthening the muscles that protect your foot in order to, you know, actually be able to excel and, and to decrease knee pain, hip pain and everything like that is really work on balance training. And, right. you know, there's so many benefits and we've, you know, we've talked multiple times about balance training, but if you really want to have good strength in your foot, good strength and ability to move more efficiently, especially through the foot and ankle complex, doing balance training is going to be extremely important yeah. if you want to build your arches in order to maintain good alignment. So you don't have to rely on so much support in your shoe. I mean, again, you want that support when you're going to be paving the pound, you know, pavement over and over again, you need that yeah. cushion. But if you're actually looking to be in the gym and you, you know, you find a pair of shoes that you like, however, you're like, gosh, these really aren't comfortable or I feel my arches or, you know, things like that are yeah. happening. Um, that's just something I wanted to throw in there before we got too, too, too deep. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, and going back to what we first talked about, when we have those clients that are are coming to you, they have that like your client had an eight year old pair of shoes, and my client had a ten year old <laughs> pair of shoes. And if you if they come, here's the thing: when they if they bring in these pair of shoes that have um, worn down in such a way that actually puts you in a in a posture position where it's making you um, over pronate or evert, mm -hmm. right? So it, your shoes themselves can be putting in, you into a bad position. So now if you're going to, let's say, like what you're saying, Wendy, is, is do these, you're, you're doing these balanced exercises. 
But if it's pushing into a position where you're you're pronating now, it's actually because you have no arch support and your you know the inside of the heel is is gone. So now it's putting you into a pronated position. Well, guess what? If I if you're trying to now do balance exercises with these old worn out <laughs> shoes that actually now complement and make make your compensations worse. Um, you're, you're still not going to recruit the muscles that you want. So you can be on one leg all day long if you want, but you're not necessarily strengthening the muscles that the, that you're intending to strengthen. So if you're trying to strengthen the muscles, um, that support the arch of your foot, kind of get that arch away from the floor. Um, then, you know, you could be doing the exact opposite from that vantage point. So, um, which is another argument for why we need to re, you know, reevaluate, you know, what shoes you're wearing because you can do all the strengthening you want, um, all the balance exercises, all the stability exercises you want, but um, you're not going to get the effectiveness of the strength training if you're using an old shoe. Right? Yeah, and there are, there are actually a lot of risks. I mean, to your point, you know, I mean, it's you know, when you, when you're training in the wrong shoe. And you start to, to notice mm -hmm. like there's there's something different happening to you that's not a positive thing. Then it, look at your shoes because if there's discomfort, there's a huge risk right there. Mm -hmm. It's going to lower your performance. And people are like, well, I don't understand how that can happen. And we can go into more detail about that. And, of course, we just talked about injuries. But, I mean, the big thing, right. too, is, you know, you want your shoes to be comfortable. And you have to make sure that they're a good fit. I mean, to your point, you had to go up in a size. They've told me when I ran marathons and half marathons that I needed to go up a size and a half for swelling of my foot. Well, I tried right. that and it actually caused me to have blisters. And, yeah. you know, I was like, what is happening? And my apparently my feet don't swell. So, you know, um, so <laughs> I, you know, having a shoe that was too big based on someone's recommendation, because I was just learning more about mm -hmm. the differences and what shoe was going to be best for me. Um, I thought it was it was kind of fascinating to me to be like, okay, this is what most people, maybe it's because I wasn't good at running a marathon or a half. I don't know. But, you know, I did find the, the, a really good shoe. I trained in that shoe and, um, mm -hmm. and I never had any problems. I didn't have any issues with my knees. I didn't have any issues with my feet. I didn't have blisters, didn't have shin splints. That's another common mm -hmm. thing that can happen. Plantar yeah. fasciitis. You hear about people talking about that kind of stuff. So, I mean, there are a lot of, you know, things that can happen in a very negative way by training in the wrong shoe or just, yeah, you know, not understanding that there are, there are differences for a reason. Uh, how many marathons have you run, Wendy? I ran one full and then uh -huh. I've ran, I run a half every year. So, and I've done that for the last 15 years. So I only uh, wanted to, I wanted to run one just to say that I did. And yeah. then I realized that that was not, it was not very smart uh, on my part <laughs> because I hit mile marker 16. And then I thought, Oh, oh my gosh, instead yeah. of being like, I hit, I'm 16 in, I was like, Oh my gosh, I've got 10.2 to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I totally messed with my mind. That's when I needed to go back to our meditation podcast that I needed a long time ago. Um, oh, so man, then yeah. once I started running a half, I'm like, this is a piece of cake, you know? But yeah. uh, as I yeah. age, I need to actually work to that because I would just, you know, do my own workout and stuff and never really train mm -hmm. for it. Now, if mm -hmm. I don't train for it, I'm going to be in big, big trouble. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Like you, I, I did. I did one marathon and that was I did the card. You know, I did the cardinal sin of, of changing my shoes oh. without having without having trained in them. I ran oh. in a new pair of shoes. So I had no I went sight unseen. Well, I tried it out. I did like what we were talking about. I went to a running store. They looked at my gate. They made their suggestion for this for the shoe that was sized for width. 
And this was my exposure to that whole idea. It was, <laughs> it was sized for width, whereas I was wearing shoes that were too big. And, you know, my, you know, my feet were dying by the time, you know, it's, it's not the marathon that kills you. It's the training for the marathon that really gets you. But um, you know what? I was, I came out on the, on the good side of things because after the run, um, my feet were fine. It just took, you know, it beat up the rest of my body for the next <laughs> week and a half is oh. what it was. But I changed my socks. I had the insert. I had a new pair of shoes. And yeah, and I, I was just thinking, you know, around mile 19 or 20, I was like, man, my, I would have been dying if I, uh, if I didn't change my shoes. So I came out on the, on the better side of things, but like you, I've done more, I've done more halves than anything else. I think I'm up to 18 or 19 half marathons, but, um, but yeah, once you check off that box for the marathon, then that 13 One and done. Just, I no, mean, this. It's easy. Yeah. No, it's easy. Get off the couch and run a half marathon. Sure. And in flip flops, if you want now. <laughs> <laughs> well, those of you guys that are just joining us, um, my name is Wendy, and and we're here with Ken Miller, and we're talking about the shoe game isn't the same. So we're talking about the differences between the types of shoes, and how do you know which ones are best for you? Mm -hmm. um, and and of course, we've talked about the differences of of really truly understanding what size is appropriate, what width is appropriate. You know, try to think about some of the different types of material. Um, the differences mm -hmm. we've covered, obviously, between running and training and, you know, and, you know, the big thing, too, is if if you start to really have some issues, it, it is a time to step back and see what you change. Like if you have always yeah. been running in a certain pair of shoes, then and then you change brands, that can be significant because a, mm -hmm. every shoe and every brand is going to be different. And so there are um, or I guess I should say there is a specific shoe that I run in. And I love it. And I get the same kind of shoe every year. So I get the, the new shoe every year um, for this because I've never had an issue with it. I can run in it. I don't have any issues. However, before that, I was having, you know, oh, these I felt like I didn't have enough support. And then I was like, oh, this one caused a blister. Or, oh, my pinky toe is starting to hurt. Or, oh, goodness, like the top of my big toe doesn't yeah. feel right. You know, I mean, and the thing is, is that is an indication that that probably isn't ideal for you. And yeah. also think about mileage. And so, you know, whether you're walking, whether you're running, or even like to your point, you're in the training, you know, you're in a training shoe at the gym, they do wear out. And so even though they may look beautiful, there's only a certain, and you, and you need to ask that if you go and you're working with someone to say, you know, approximately how many miles are on these shoes? Like how, how many miles do I have? And they're going to give you a ballpark figure. Um, and, you know, again, I found it fascinating. I'm like, really? Cause these look really pretty good. And once I trained for that, that my first uh, real marathon, I trained in those shoes. I wore them for the race and technically I was done with them. Um, so then I just warm out and did yard work in them and stuff like that because I'm like, well, I don't want to run in them. Like I was yeah. all paranoid. <laughs> so, right. so mileage is important to keep up with too. Yeah. And, um, yeah. then uh, that's when my shoes get bombed out. That's, those are the shoes I take out when, um, walking my dog. Right. Um, you don't care where you walk or if you step on something, but, um, it's those good shoes though, that I'll say that, um, if you find a good pair, that's when you go back and you buy another pair, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, how, you know, what year they came out, but if you find a good shoe buy multiple pairs and that's, mm -hmm. that's one of those things that, um, I've, I've adopted is just, um, getting multiples of the, of a shoe that really works well for me. That way, when one gets bombed out, I can wear the other one or, I can wear both of them and kind mm -hmm. of rotate 
rotate them both between either whether it's having two pairs of running shoes or two pairs of, of uh, cross trainers. That way, you know, if, if, I'm, if I'm working out or if I'm running, let's just say, since we've been talking about running so much, uh, <laughs> then, then, you know, if you, if you have um, a shoe that's definitely worn down, then you're just going to repeat the same wear pattern over and over and over again in the same shoe. But if you have complementing shoes, they could be different brands of shoes. Um, you can rotate between the two shoes. That way, the you know you have some variability of of how you're of you're exposing your body to impact. And when you think, you know, you're running two three miles a day, and if you're if you're six mile ten mile a weeker, then that's that's a lot of repetitions when it comes to um, constant consistent exposure um, to the same wear pattern of the shoe. So if you vary it up a little bit, you can you know you can. Um, divert stress and you know even as small as it is uh different stress is is still variable training and as far as how you can look at how you're exposing your foot and ankle your knee your hips low back you know to stress so that's something that i'll i'll tell my clients too if you find a shoe that you like because i have i have another client that comes to mind and she wears a shoe for five days she's like it's like you got a new pair of shoes yeah the last ones i wore they hurt, right? So once she found the shoe, it's like buy another pair today. If you oh, like yeah. it, you feel good in it, go get it. Go I get guess, and if you get it, if you get the wrong the wrong ones again, you will know pretty quickly. And so don't don't fight it. Just either you know, a lot of times people will say if you you know wear them a couple of times, you don't like them, bring them back. Mm -hmm. um, you know, again, I don't usually buy ones that I don't like. So then I'm like, oh, I'll just use that for something else. I don't suggest that because it can get pretty pricey. However, that's usually what I do. Yeah. Um, but you know, can we keep talking about, you know, okay. So we've talked about obviously the running shoe, it's going to have more cushion in the heel for the heel strike. Then we talked yeah. about training shoes that are going to be made. So, you know, we can do multi-directional things, you know, it's going to not mm -hmm. have, have that type of, um, you know, like heel support, if you will, it'll be more consistent throughout the entire shoe. And then when you think about walking shoes, you know, they're more rigid and they have more cushioning just basically in the heel area. So that's kind of the difference between the walking and the running shoe and cross trainers are pretty much consistent and have extra padding throughout the entire shoe. So we keep talking about padding in different shoes, but what are, what are your thoughts? Cause you know, there's differences between, and people have talked about this. You've got your minimalist shoes, you've yeah. got barefoot training, and then you have something called the, the zero drop. And, and so in your opinion, like what, what are kind of the differences and then, you know, how do you feel about them personally? Um, well, let's talk about my feelings about them personally. Um, first, feelings. <laughs> I, yeah, <laughs> I like them actually. I mean, I've got, I've got a couple pairs, um, mm -hmm. that I'll wear just because, yeah, I do feel more grounded and connected because you, you, you do feel, you know, with less padding and less elevation, I mean, you, you haven't, in, in from what I'm experiencing and, and when I wear these shoes is that you, you you're more in touch with, with the, with the ground. Like you feel the pebbles, you feel the rocks, you feel, you know, the different things, which again, when it comes to, you know, shoes overall, you know, one of, um, one of my buddies, uh, Anthony Carey, when, and he, I forget who he heard it from, but when you talk about shoes overall shoes, um, can be looked at as a sensory deprivation chamber for your foot, right? Because with all that padding, cushioning, and, and all that texture, you are numbing the foot, you know, quote unquote, numbing the foot to what's under it. Well, you have a high concentration of receptors underneath the foot, 
which we deny, you know, stimulation when we do wear a shoe, whatever shoe it is that you're, you're wearing, whether it's a running shoe, a cross trainer or whatever. But when you have a more of a minimalist or a shoe that doesn't have put a lot of distance between the sole of your foot and the ground, you're more apt to, to stimulate those receptors. So if it does allow more pronation, supination, because it doesn't have a rigid toe box, um, you're doing, you are allowing more of the foot to contact um, and feel the ground under it, you're going to stimulate those receptors. And a lot of people will make the case that if you can stimulate the receptors, you're going to stimulate the muscles and you're going to have better recruitment, like with what you're talking about with balance training, you have better recruitment of the, of the muscles of the lower extremity overall. So I personally, I love them. And when clients do come in with them, you know, haven't, you know, not having me tell them to buy it, but if they come with them, I, I, I'll tell them, you know, we, we do have to train you for it, especially if you're coming from a regular running shoe or cross trainer that has given you a lot of support over the years. Now you're going to go straight to this minimalist. You, you actually have to work towards, mm -hmm. you know, getting used to them because if you, if you're, if you're now having to have the foot and ankle now do a lot more work than they had to before when they had a lot of support, then, you know, you are subjecting somebody to the potential for injury because it, it's, it's night and day now because you're having the foot do something that it hasn't had to do for a very, very long time, um, if ever, depending on how often you wear shoes. So I, I love more of the minimalist type shoes because it, it does allow your foot and ankle to do a lot more, but you also, you know, on that same note is, you have to be prepared to wear them. So um, there's, you know, there, it's, it's a give and take, but if you can graduate yourself responsibly and progressively, then it's, it's one of the best things I think you can do for your foot. And there actually are training guides out there that will teach you how to go from like a running shoe or a very high support shoe into getting into the minimalist or the, or the barefoot ones for sure. Yeah. So I read through it. I was like, Oh, that makes sense. Like go to a park, walk in the grass, you know, mm -hmm. um, you know, do different things like that just before you yeah. even buy these shoes and see how you feel when you're touching the earth and then seeing how your body reacts to that, because it is, it is different. And, um, you know, we've, I've unfortunately had clients that went, you know, you know, zero to not, you know, like yeah. they went were super high, very supportive to, to this shoe. And then yeah. they ended up having a lot of problems. But when you right. looked at their movement pattern, their arches fell in, their knees caved in, they did that kind of stuff on right. like their assessment process. So that would not be an ideal shoe for someone to wear daily for hours on end until we've worked on proper, you know, activation of certain muscles. So therefore they could, you know, cause it's supposed to allow you to move freely and move the way that you were intended to move. It's just, we've been moving and we're habitual people. We move in these compensations for so long that becomes our new normal. And so it's not easy to say, well, we were born barefoot. Shouldn't I wear these shoes? It's like, well, yes, but you haven't been wearing those shoes yeah. for however many years you are, you know, um, yeah. or since you started walking. And so that that's a big consideration to take in. I, I am like you, I personally, you know, I have them. I don't wear them um, often, you know, meaning that like for a lot of hours on end mm -hmm. um, because of the different things that I do. Um, I do need certain support uh, because I can't I can't go out and run in them like some of these amazing people that can. I mean, you know, you look at a mm -hmm. lot of individuals that are running some of these unbelievable events and they don't yeah. have shoes on. They're truly running barefoot, not a barefoot yeah. shoe, not a minimalist shoe. They have no shoes on whatsoever. And right. they're, you know, they're just like these beautiful, 
pumas running in the wind with like exceptional form. And like, I'm like, how do you do that? First of all, but, but you know what it's, you know, they've toughened up their feet, they've strengthened the muscles and that's what, how their body responds best. And, you know, when you look at what the premise of minimalist shoe was, it was less shoe, more you. And I thought that was genius because truly that's what it's for, but just realize you really need to train yourself to get to that. And once you do, and you, you know, I mean, we've got really good friends that post all over Facebook that are in these minimalist barefoot type shoes and they, they look fantastic in their movement patterns. And, um, but I, right now, and so I've worked my way to that point, I would never be able to move like that. Well, never say never, Wendy, you just have to right now, I guess I should say, you right just now. have to work for it. Yeah. And, yes. you know, and, and that's the thing you, you just, you know, instead of, you know, I think when those shoes first came out, like you said, people were just complaining about my knees hurt, my foot and ankle hurt, my low back hurts, but you know, that's when you're going from zero to 60 in, in, in no time at all. But if you, like you said, you know, you get them, walk in them, then, you know, go around the block, then go around two blocks, and then just gradually work your way up to them. But I think concomitantly, and I will use the word concomitantly, um, you do want to do like, you know, those balance exercises, um, toe strengthening exercises, um, you know, make sure that you've got, you know, the requisite range of motion through the through the ankles as as you as you mentioned the calves earlier so from that from that vantage point, i mean it, it's something that you do need to strive for because it i mean it you know the feet are basically i mean literally where the rubber meets the road right and if um if everything starts from the ground up you know you take care of your feet you give them the most opportunity that you know that they can that you can afford to get them to work the way they're supposed to work then everything else up the chain you know, will work better. So if you can, if you can do those, you know, exercises and movements and, and, and do right by using those minimalist shoes, then, you know, more power mm-hmm. to you. But you, you, the, you, a couple of things have to converge, you know, <laughs> using the okay. right shoe, doing the right exercises, all that stuff. Yeah. And I think it brings it back to your point about rotating. It's okay to like wear your barefoot shoes, throw on something that's a little more supportive, you know, come home, take your shoes off, walk barefoot for a while, you know, because mm-hmm. the thing is, is it's just different. Like you said, different variabilities, different ways that your body's going to have to change because life changes every day and it's very unpredictable. Right. And the ground that we walk on is very unpredictable, you know, with hills and flat and, you know, cracks in the road. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. so you get what you train for. And that's that still follows along with the NASM OPT model. It follows along with most people's training, um, and so there's there's a time and a place for everything. But but you know, I guess my takeaways are just it's more than just how cute they are. Okay, <laughs> yeah. and and that's I mean, there's a there is truly a purpose for different types of shoes, and different brands are going to mm-hmm. be able to serve people's foot differently. Um, you know, being able to have someone look at your arches, think about, you know, ways to strengthen your arches, strengthen your feet, but, you know, just, just realize that you may need multiple shoes for different things. Um, and if not, what are, what is the the thing that you're doing the most of and where are you going to get the most bang for your buck? And I think that's, that's when we come with the shoe game isn't the same. Um, it's really not because they're all different, just like us. We're all different. And I, and I think, you know, just to kind of sum that up is that, you know, you need to look at your shoes as uh, it's a piece of equipment, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's not like I'm changing the handle of, of what exercise I'm doing for the upper body or what, you know, dumbbells or cables I'm going to use. I mean, you're going to have your shoe on you, your shoes on you 
the whole time you're in the gym. If, if, you know, if you're working out with shoes or running, so they're, they're on your body the whole time you're moving. So you need to look at it as a, as a, as a piece of equipment. And just like any other piece of equipment, you want to make sure that it fits you and your needs and the purpose of what exercises you're doing. Like if you're going to do some cardio that day, or if you can do, you know, multi-directional work. So that's, um, you know, that's, that's my takeaway is that you need, you know, how we look at shoes beyond fashion is, you know, let's look at it as a piece of equipment. So and it's worth the um, investment. I mean, that's, I think yeah. that's a big thing too. I mean, I know, th yeah. I know they're expensive and sometimes the higher quality shoe mm -hmm. or the more supportive shoe may be more expensive, but they're, if it works for you and it's going to keep you healthy and moving better, it's definitely worth it. Right. I agree. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I agree with a lot of things you say, Wendy. Thanks, man. Um, <laughs> But uh, no, that was this is a this was a great uh, great episode on uh, on a shoe. So I, I appreciate uh, I appreciate you, Wendy, and your insights. And uh, and just as importantly for you guys that are listening, we appreciate you being here with us for this episode of Random Fit. And um, as always, if um, if there are things that you want to hear us talk about when it comes to random fit topics, uh, please don't hesitate to reach out to both Wendy and I, or just, you know, wherever you listen to your podcast, comment and let us know what you want to listen to. And, and we'll be sure to touch on that uh, if it fits within our programming. So follow, like, share, subscribe, and hopefully we'll see you on a future episode. So everybody take care and be well. We'll see you soon.